Colossians 3.23. Very important verse I'm going to read. It's a verse that it's a good one to memorize and one that's the kind of something we need to remind ourselves. It's probably a good one to hang up somewhere. Uh, just something we need to constantly remind ourselves of. And very short verse, but it says in verse 23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. That word heartily there, that's not a word that we use too often these days, but that word heartily, it means simply from the heart or with all the heart, with sincerity, with zeal, actively, vigorously, uh, for an example, he heartily assisted the prince. This is a dictionary definition. Or eagerly, freely, largely. And this is one that I know I can relate with. And maybe some of you. Or to eat heartily. All right. I think I think y'all know what that's like. And uh, God said that whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. And we're going to go back to Colossians a little bit, but I want to, I want you to go over to Ephesians right now. Ephesians. Chapter six, the apostle Paul. He was kind of like you know he was uh, like a regular preacher. Sometimes he preached some of the same messages. Sometimes uh, you know he repeated some of the same things. And in Ephesians chapter six, we see him say a lot of things that we see in Colossians chapter three. But I want us to read them real quick. Ephesians chapter six, verse one: Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your hearts, as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart." with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Right here we see uh, Paul saying a lot of the same things that he says in Colossians chapter 3. We're going to go back and look through the ones in Colossians throughout the message. So stay in Colossians chapter 3. But he's, he brings up all these different areas where uh, he uses children as an example about obeying their parents and uh, fathers and, and husbands and as uh, even employers how we should be. And he's saying that all in all these things and whatever we do, we're doing these things for the Lord. And we and he makes a statement in there. He says, not with eye service as men pleasers. One thing we need to be very careful of that we're that we don't become <coughs> pleasers of men. But we need to be pleasers of God. That eye service, that service performed only under inspection or the eye of an employer. Now, if you've worked many places, especially I worked in a factory for several years. If you ever worked in a factory, you probably have seen some of this. But people who work really good when the boss is around. You ever seen that before? You know I mean, somebody's just kind of laying there goofing around, and then all of a sudden the boss shows up, and boy, they're working hard. I mean, I, I, I'm, 
I've probably done that a couple times uh, in my past, where you know you just you, you kind of get bored sometimes. And I, I when I worked at Walmart, I remember sometimes at the end of the day, you know, they would shut the conveyors down early, and they would if that if they would do that, they'd want you to start cleaning up. Well, cleaning after a while would get kind of boring, and people kind of start slacking off and goofing off and kind of forming little groups and things, and they always hated that, but if the boss wasn't around, it was real easy to do, and I remember one time I saw a big group of about seven or eight guys kind of congregating and hanging out, and they were right by a phone, and so I called that phone, and I said that I was the boss, and they needed to get back, I can't remember which manager at the time, I said I was them, I imitated his voice and said, get back to work, <laughs> and uh, and then it was funny, and so they, like, he was like, okay, and then I remember I went, I went over there. And I'm riding on some power equipment. I go by there, and and they're all kind of working, but they're all kind of looking around because you could tell they thought they got pranked, but they weren't sure. And so, just in case they wanted to make sure that they were they were working hard, in case the boss really was watching, and and we play pranks like that on each other sometimes, joking around. But you know, as Christians, we we're not supposed to do that. We don't want to just be acting like a Christian when people are watching. We need to realize that God is always watching, and He's the one that we're trying to please, and that can happen, especially in churches. Sometimes, you know, we all come to church, and uh, we sometimes you get these little competitions going on in the church of you know who's the most spiritual, and everybody wants to look like they're all holy, and they want to impress the other people in the church, or maybe impress the pastor, and they get and boy, they're they're one way at church, and then when they're on the outside, it's a completely different story. And I think we've all probably seen some of that in our lifetime. And we've all probably been guilty of doing a little bit of that in our lifetime. And so many people today, when it comes to what they do, the decisions they make, they're always thinking about everybody but God. When it comes to the things that they wear, oh, you know, I, I you know, what, what are people going to think? Is this going to make me look fat? Is this going to, you know, they're always they're thinking about what everybody else is going to think all the time. And rarely do people stop and actually think, well, what is God going to think about this? What's God going to say about what I'm doing right now whenever it comes to um, say, maybe uh, singing in church? What's everybody going to think? Are they going to like this song? Are they going to think I sing bad? Are they going to laugh at me if I mess up a note or something? And we get worried about all these things. Now I realize what we're supposed to do is we should be singing for the Lord. We're supposed to be doing it for God, and it ought to be our goal and our desire to please Him. And when we do, uh, when it is our desire to please the Lord, it's good. we're going to do it with all our heart. We're going to do it heartily. And Paul, he specifically mentions in there in Ephesians and in Colossians chapter 3, which is where we're getting ready to go to, specifically some areas where God said, I want you to do these things heartily, with all your heart, as to the Lord, and not unto men. And in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father, by Him. And whatever we do, in word or deed, we need to realize that what we do represents God. It represents Jesus Christ. Whatever we do, in word or deed, the things we say, that's why we try to be careful about what we say. That's why we 
Try not to use foul language and things because people, if they know that you're a Christian, and you know what? They ought to know. I'm not saying you got to go rub it in their faces every day. I'm not saying that. But just like people ought to know if you're married or not. I don't walk around with a t-shirt that says I'm married. I don't rub it in people's faces. But you know what? I'm not ashamed to tell people that I'm married. I'm not ashamed to tell them about my wife. I'm not ashamed to wear a wedding ring. I'm not ashamed of any of those things. But And as Christians, we represent God to this lost world. We're supposed to shine as a light to this world. And when we realize that, it causes us to take what we do very seriously. Just like, uh, you know, for example, politicians. They have to be, and they are, very, very careful of what they say, aren't they? Because, you know, they represent their constituents. They represent, you know, the state of Illinois or the president. I represent the United States. And boy, they make one little mistake. They get pounced on, don't they? I mean, they'll try to I mean they'll they'll try to make the whole party look, you know, the Democratic or Republican party look bad because of that one thing that they say. And they've always got to be very careful. And that that whole thing, that's a mess. That's probably a bad example. But at the same time, people will do the same thing to us. We represent Christ, and if we say something, if we do something uh, that is not what a Christian ought to do, it's going to be used against God. So we got to be very we got to be very careful. Just like sometimes a president, we see this all the time in elections. Somebody's running for a president, and they'll find something maybe one of his supporters or somebody on his staff or cabinet. They'll find some goofball in there, and they'll use that against them. And sometimes people they use us against God because we don't represent them very well. And the reason for that is we don't do things hardly. And so some examples Paul gives, specific areas. He says, whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, we're doing this to God. But then he goes on, and specifically in verse 18, he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Husbands and wives, specifically said he he specifies that marriage relationship. If you ought to do anything with all your heart, you ought to be a good husband with all your heart. I mean, you ought to you ought to do that heartily. As a wife, you ought to do that heartily. Marriage is not always an easy thing. Anybody in here who's married or ever been married, you know that it's not always an easy thing. When you've got two different people and two different personalities, sometimes there's going to be conflicts. But when you're doing that marriage with all your heart, when you're, I mean, when you're trying your best, that's when things can work. That's when you, because sometimes you're going to have to make a little extra effort. My wife, she's been at home all week with sick kids. I was with them all day Thursday, by the way, so I, I, I did do some helping. But you know what? As a husband, I'm gonna, I realize I'm gonna have to adapt a little bit. I'm gonna, my wife had to stay home from church today with, you know, two puking kids. So, you know, that means she's probably not gonna be in the greatest mood that she's ever been in when I get home. She, there's a good chance she's not going to feel like making Sunday lunch this afternoon. So as a husband, hey, I want to do a good job. So you know, I'm not going to put a whole lot of demands on her. I'm not going to go home and ask her to make a big meal. I, 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 we haven't even talked about it. I'm going to call him and I'm going to volunteer to not cook, but go out to eat. Because, uh, I can't cook. You know, I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to adapt a little bit because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to, I want to do a good job here. Uh, cause this, uh, it's probably not gonna be a good day for her. 
And you know what? There's times I have bad days. Maybe a bad day at work, just frustrating. Everything goes bad, and you're tired. And, and you know, your husband, your wife, you're, they're going to have those days. And you've got to be doing these things with your whole heart, not just trying, to, not just thinking about yourself. If you just think about yourself, it's going to get it's going to get ugly. But the Bible in this passage, though, it takes a little further. It says, "Don't just think about your spouse. Think about God." Do this as to the Lord. You know, wives, we like you know they, you like to talk about you know your husband and all his flaws and things. And you know what? I mean, I'm sure your husband has his issues. I've got mine. Okay, so I, I know husbands aren't perfect. Uh, you know, I I tend to blame the wife, woman most of the time, but that's in our that's in our genetic code. All right, we got that from Adam. We can't help it. All right, so it, so it's, uh, we we have an excuse. But at the same time. Uh, we're supposed to, as a wife, do it as to the Lord. Okay? I mean, would you add God like that? I'm not saying your husband's God. I'm not saying you have to treat him as God uh, like God. But you need to understand, though, that God is watching what kind of wife you are. And husbands, God is watching what kind of husband you are. And God said to love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Amen. So guys, when you're not... You know, willing to sacrifice a little for your wife. Understand that God does not understand that, and does not appreciate that, and He wants you do. But what He does want, God doesn't expect perfection from anybody. But what God looks at, and you know what? By the way, what your husband, what your husband looks at, what your wife looks at, they want to see. Hey, is this coming from the heart? Are they doing their best? Or are they are they really trying? And that's what God wants from us as husbands and as wives. He wants us to do it with all our heart. Take it serious. Some people these days, boy, they get married and their first problem, they want to call it quits. It's like, well, you obviously aren't taking this marriage thing real serious. It's like, did somebody tell you that everything was going to be wonderful? I mean, if you've just been watching too many fairy tales and the you know, whole, you think that happily ever after means no problems in between. It's not easy, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to put in some effort in this marriage. You're gonna have to do it with all your heart, understanding that God is watching, and we greatly displease God and we fail God when we fail in these areas. And we need to realize that uh, that. God is watching. And sometimes husbands and wives, they can get to where they don't care about pleasing the other. Well, you know what? I hope you care about pleasing God. Because God's watching and God wants it to work. It was God that joined the two of you together. And you represent God. He wants you to be the right kind of husband, the right kind of wife. Then also, He gets to the children. So kids, you want to pay attention here? He said, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing Unto the Lord. Wait, notice that. It's well pleasing unto the Lord. And by the way, it's well pleasing to the parents too when children are obedient, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we, we've all had that. Uh, we've all had those days where the kids uh, weren't real obedient, didn't want to listen well. You know, my kids, uh, they are from two firstborns. So you know they just naturally have strong wills. I mean, it's uh, they've all all had a stubborn streak for the most part. Uh, some of them worse than others. Chloe back there. I mean, don't let her fool you. She might be cute, but boy, was she strong-willed when she's little. She's she's gotten a lot better. Tommy, he was the firstborn of two firstborns. 
I mean, you talk about trying to break that will there. It was not. It was not an easy task, and it's. Uh, it is pleasing when the children obey. When you tell them what to do, you know, you tell them you do something, and they do it, and they follow those instructions. And and listen, as parents, you know, if you're, if you're a good parent, telling your children what to do is not something you do so you can feel like, wow, I've got somebody to boss around. Okay, I mean, hopefully you're not like that. You do it because you love your kids and you want them to turn out right. You want them to be happy. You don't want them to get hurt. So you 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 give commandments. You have rules, and when you see them follow it, it's pleasing because it gives you hope. You know they're going to be all right. They're going to, they're going to turn out okay, and that's all parents really want. They want their kids to be happy, and God's the same way with us. He wants us to be that same way. And listen, if kids, if you kids, if you can't obey your parents that you live with and that you can see, that you can physically feel when you disobey, you know what I'm talking about there. Listen, if you can't listen, you're not going to listen to God when you're older. You're not going to be able to follow His commandments and His instructions and. Uh, when God sees you doing that, the Bible says it's well pleasing to the Lord. You want to tell you, you want to be on God's good side. It's like you want to be on your parents' good side. You know, kids this time of year sometimes they tend to behave a little better because you know they're trying to get their mom and dad to buy them that Christmas present that they really want. Uh, you know, maybe they believe in Santa Claus and want to make sure they get on that nice list or whatever. But at the same time, no, a lot of times we don't think about, hey, what does God think about this? What do you think God thinks about you sassing your parents? What do you think God thinks about you maybe saying you're going to do what mom and dad says, but when they're not looking, you're doing something else? What do you think that God thinks about what you say about your parents? Ephesians 6 that we read says, Honor thy father and thy mother. Honor them. You don't you don't call your parents names. You don't you don't treat them bad. You don't try to boss them around. And it, it's crazy some of the stuff you see. Sometimes around Christmas it does. It brings out the worst in kids. You go to the malls or Walmart sometimes, and you'll see the kids having the temper tantrums because they're not getting the toy that they want. And you know what? When that happens, yeah, understand. Yeah, the parent they need to they need to take them out and. Give them a good old-fashioned spank, and I I know that, but you know they can't do it in public. <laughs> and take it a little easy on them, because I've been that parent before. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we we've had some of those incidents, but uh, thankfully, you know, we would deal with those, and they learned not to do that anymore. And that's a blessing. <laughs> that's a blessing when that happens. But uh, we, we've all we've all we've all been there before. You've been there. And it is pleasing to parents, but it is pleasing to God when you obey your parents. Kids, God's going to bless you for that. Think, oh, my parents, they don't know what they're talking about. I know better than my parents. Well, first of all, you're wrong. Second of all, even if you're right, when God sees you submit to your authority, that is well-pleasing to God. It is well-pleasing to the Lord, and He's going to bless you. The Bible, But a lot of times pride sets in. That's why you know teenagers. Oh, you know, I'm bigger than my mom. She can't tell me what to do. No, yeah, she can't make you do anything. And that's why they call it submission. When you submit, you put yourself under. You do it voluntarily, not because you're forced, 
but because it's the right thing to do. Listen, parents, I mean, you know, I want my kids to be ahead. You know, Chloe, she's struggling a little bit this morning and about to get herself in trouble. But you know what? As a parent, it's not going to make me feel good if she's sitting still in church because I have her handcuffed to the pews and I have duct tape over her mouth. Okay? That's not going to, that's not going to make me feel good. It would get her to be quiet. It would get her to sit still. But that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. And that's not what God's looking for. It's great when you see that, you know, they're there. I'm up here preaching. There's not really anything to do. They behave anyway. And that, that's what pleases God. Same thing these days too. You know, uh, that verse that we read, I read it quick because, you know, I know it's not a popular one and I got a little scared. But where it says that wives submit yourselves to your husbands, Alright, hey, that's that's Bible there. But understand, it doesn't mean that the man is better than the woman. It's submission. Listen, women, you know, we live in America. You don't have to listen to your husbands. If you want, you can you can leave them today, and the court will probably be on your side and give you most of the stuff. But you know what? You choose to stay. You choose to submit. And when God sees that, that pleases Him. Because you know what? Even God does not force us. and God did not make a bunch of robots. We have free wills. And when God sees us surrender our will to His will, when we submit, when we do things, not because He's making us, but because we want to, God doesn't want to have to use catastrophic events to get you to do right. You know, if yesterday... Or if this coming Saturday we have some catastrophic event in America, all the churches will be full the next day. When 9-11 happened, that was on a Tuesday. You know what? A lot of churches opened their doors that Tuesday night. And they had prayer meetings and things. I remember our church did that. We were there. A lot of people showed up. A lot of churches were full on a Tuesday night. You know why? Catastrophic event. It got people's attention. God shouldn't have to do that to get our attention. And if God wanted to, He could. But that's not what He wants. You know, parents, sometimes we have to use punishment. We have to use, uh, you know, grounding and things to get our kids' attention, to get them able. We don't want to do that. And that obedience, it pleases parents and it pleases God. And as children, you ought to do your job as a child heartily. As to the Lord, I want to please God. And I'm going to listen to my parents. And listen, if your parents make bad decisions, God sees you obeying, God's going to bless you anyway. God God can bless you in spite of your parents. Don't worry about your parents' imperfection. God can take care of them. Husbands, don't worry about your wife's imperfection. God can take care of her and vice versa. God can take care of these things. God wants to see us doing our part with all our heart. As parents... Same thing, verse 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, lest they be discouraged. Another, and Ephesians said, Father, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. As parents, boy, we need to do that with all our heart. We need to do it heartily. Many parents these days, they have kids, and their definition of raising them and taking care of them is putting them in front of the television. Babysitter. Go watch TV. Go play your video games. Go do that and listen. Uh, you know, I'm all for a video game and a television show, but listen, parents, we need to make sure we raise our kids and that we do it heartily. You see some of the 
stupid things that teenagers do in these days? It's like, where do they get that idea? I saw it on TV. It's like, you know, the the dating game that they're playing these days, the way teenagers go through relationships and things, it is not only is it flat out wrong and unbiblical, but it doesn't work. I think, why do they do it like that? This is the way they do it on TV. Wait, you know, how, how, how am I supposed to find a wife? Well, this is the way I found. This is the way they got together on this movie. You know, if you see a girl drop something, bend over and help her pick it up. You can bump heads, you laugh, and a relationship starts, and then you live happily ever after. No, that's only in the movies. Okay, there's a lot more to it than that's. A, there's a lot more to it than that. And uh, as as parents, we've got to teach them what that is. We've got to teach them. How to do things. We've got to, uh, you know, dads, you've got, to, you've got to teach your kids by example how to be a good father. You've got to teach them uh, how to work, how to provide for a family, how to pay their bills in time. How to, I mean, you've got to teach them character. Don't let somebody else do it for you. Listen, this, this job is too important. I'm not going to let somebody else do it. I'm not going to let, listen, I, I'm thankful for my wife. She's doing a great job, but I, I, would, I want my wife. Teaching my girls how to be young ladies rather than the women from The View giving them advice. <laughs> that, that's not what I want teaching them. But you know, they're going to get their advice from somewhere. And parents sometimes they just they don't talk to their kids about anything. You know, and you ought to be you ought to be involved in their lives. And you ought to do it with all your heart. Do the best. And listen, as parents, it's not just about giving advice. You know what? You ought to have some fun with them too. A great listen. One of the great things about being a parent and about being a Bible believer is, you know, is the Bible. It's you know, the Bible is all for, and you are doing a completely Christian thing when you go and you take your kids out fishing and hunting and all that stuff. The way I see, hey, I'm I'm following the Bible. I'm I'm spending time with my kids. I'm teaching them. I'm training them. When you go and you play sports, that stuff's fun. I like doing those things, and the kids enjoy doing it. It helps get you closer together. I enjoy working with with my boys, with my job that I've got. They're able to help me quite a bit this summer. The boys they they spend a lot of time, and I they they worked hard, and I'm glad they're learning how to do that because there's a lot of lazy bums out there, and you know what? That could be them too if they're not taught, if they're not trained. And this parenting thing, it is something that we've got to. It takes great effort. It's not just going to happen. Listen, I'm not just going to read a book one day and then all of a sudden be a good parent. I'm not going to just, you know, I encourage you to bring your kids in church, but it's not going to be enough just hearing them, uh, them hearing good preaching about how children ought to be. You've got to show them. You've got to be the one to train them. You've got, you've got to do that. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You've got to be careful. Many children these days, they get very bitter against their parents. And you know one of the things I've noticed, some of the things that many adults that are out there today that are bitter at their parents, a lot of times the things they're bitter at them for, it's not the whoopings they got. It's not the times that they were grounded. That's not what they talk about. It's the fact that their parents didn't make them do some things. I wish my mom and dad wouldn't let me quit those music lessons. I wish mom and dad wouldn't have let. I can't believe they let me drop out of school. I have I have heard so I have heard so many young adults 
that I knew when they were teenagers who complained when their parents tried to get them to do right, later complained and angry at their parents because they didn't make them do things. And you know what I learned from that? That you know what? Part of being a good parent is making your kids mad at you sometimes. It's being unpopular sometimes. But that's what we have to do. And I want to do my best. And I want to do it heartily. As to the Lord, the children that I have, they were given to me by God. They're gifts from God. And I need to understand that God has placed them on my responsibility and I better take care of them. It would be, it's kind of like if you maybe allowed me to use something valuable of yours. Maybe you had a really nice camera, a real expensive one. And you let me use that camera. And while I had it out, I took it out. I misused it. I dropped it a few times. I left it out in the rain. Boy, you'd be, you'd be angry at me. How, how dare you? That was mine. And you misused it. And you know me? I'm more careful when I have other people's things. Because I realize, hey, this, this doesn't belong to me. If I break it, you know, I'm obligated to pay for this thing. I appreciate Brother Lonnie. I let him borrow my van. I didn't point out the fact that there was a broken, uh, or the taillight was broken. And when he brought it back, he told me, he's like, hey, he's like, I don't know how it happened or anything, but you know, the taillight got broke, but I fixed it. And I was like, I did that. <laughs> I was like, you didn't, I was like, you didn't, you didn't have to do that. I did that. I, you know, I felt bad. He spent all his money on it and stuff. But hey, you know, that shows some character there. Because he's like, hey, this didn't belong to me. And when he thought it happened on his watch, he took care of it. And that's my children, they were given to me by God, and I'm responsible, and I need to make sure I do a good job for the Lord's sake. I don't want my children to leave my house severely damaged. And I'm not perfect. They're probably going to be slightly damaged when they leave my house. But I hope they're, I hope they're pretty, I hope they grow up to be, you know, good Christians and good people that go on and they live life serving the Lord. I've got to do that job heartily. Then also, in verse 22, we see it says, Servants. I'm nobody's servant. Are you employed by anybody? Then you're a servant. Alright, that's a servant is basically an employee. If you're getting a paycheck from somebody, you're a servant to somebody. Servants, obey in all things your masters. I don't have any masters. You have a boss, you have a manager. That that was the term they used back then. Uh, so uh, you have masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing getting fired, fearing getting a pay cut, fearing God, fearing God. All is whatever whatever your job is, whatever your occupation, whatever you do, you are you're everybody in here is a servant to somebody, and. We need to realize that what, when we do that job, whatever that place is where God has put us, where God has allowed us to work, that we need to do the best we can. That we do it with all our heart. That we do it heartily. That we take, that we take great effort to be the best that we can be. As if, and we ought to do it. And listen, your boss, he might be the biggest jerk in the world. He might be a terrible boss. You might know the job better than he or she does, but you ought to have the attitude. You know what? They are in the position of authority. I am going to 
act unto them the same way I would if God was my manager. That's what God said to do. And do it with all your heart. I tell you, it's it's sad these days. You know, uh, you know, there's a you know, the workplace can be a horrible place sometimes. Working with you work with people that just don't seem to care, have no character at all, do not put forth any effort. It hurts businesses when they do that. It causes them to lose money. It causes problems for all the other employees around. I mean, when you do a bad job, it affects a lot of other people. But people don't care. They're only thinking about themselves. They want to do just enough to get by. Well, I could, you know, I, I could tell you a lot of stories about people that I've known that were just completely worthless and uh, made the job difficult for everybody. But that should never be us. And unfortunately, I've known some Christians that did not follow the Scripture at all. They were dishonest. They were lazy. And you know what everybody likes to bring up when that happens? Nobody, you know, I've worked with some Christian people that were pretty worthless and lazy. And nobody ever said, man, I wonder, I can't believe that guy's dad raised a son like that. Nobody, nobody, I never heard anybody say that about him. Not when they knew they were Christians. What I hear people say is, man, what kind of Christian is that? You know, what kind of person who says that they're, you know, says that they're saved? Why, why would, why would they be like that? You know, and they, they use it to put God down. It makes God look bad when we do that. David, King David, when he sinned with Bathsheba, you know what Nathan told David? He said, you've given the enemies of God an opportunity, an occasion to blaspheme. So this, hey David, this didn't just make you look bad. It made God look bad. And we need to realize that we represent God here on this earth. And we need to do a good job. We need to do it with all our heart. Our goal should not be just to please those around us. Our goal should be to please God. And the things that we do in this life, they're not for men. They're for Jesus Christ. Now listen, understand there are things that I do for people. There are things that I would I would gladly do for you because I care about you, because uh, you know you're my friends. Uh, I, I want to do those things. But at the same time, there's there's going to be times and there's going to be people uh, and, and maybe with some of you we might be friends right now but you know what maybe the day comes we have a little falling out or something and you know or I'm having a bad day or maybe we had a little uh, conflict with each other and you know what we're not always going to feel like that and sometimes what we need to do is we need to just do things for others because we do it as if it was Jesus Christ if I just do things for people who are friendly to me Bible says, you know, what does that mean? The publicans do that. We need to do things for others, people who don't please us, people who are our friends, baby, and people who are enemies. The Bible says, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. But God's the one that rewards us. And if we just do good enough to try to get by, God's going to know it. God's going to know if we're not putting any effort. And God's going to record us according to what we've done from the heart. God look, God looks at that effort. And it, it matters. He can tell if we put our hearts in. He can tell if we didn't really try. I've said this before. I've seen people get up in church and they've seen specials and it 
It wasn't very good. But it blessed my heart because I could tell that person did the best they could do. I just went to a program at my old church this week and um, the, the bus kids, they, they were doing a Christmas program and they were getting up and singing. There's this one kid, his name's Danny. And uh, he's, he's, he was rotten. <laughs> he's, I mean, this kid, he's, he caused a lot of trouble and he's still going there. He's doing, he's doing real good now. And he, he got there and he was singing this song and it was so funny. They were singing Nothing for Christmas. If you ever heard that song, Get Nothing for Christmas. And he gets up there and he just, he's got this, he had this one solo line, man, and he just belts it out. I mean, he did it loud. It was so funny. And it just so fit the song, too. And I remember I was, I was in the back of their practice and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of cheering him on and stuff. Oh, man, he was pumped. And so then I had him so excited about singing that line. When he finally did it in the real performance, he did it even louder. It was funny. And I mean, I mean, it sounded awful, but boy, that kid, he did the best he could, and it blessed my heart. I enjoy, I would rather, I would hear, rather hear that than hear some Pavarotti get up and sing a song just to make himself look good. I would. And God is, he feels the same way about that. Whatever we do, do it heartily. Do it with all your hearts. So let's stand together right now.